Welcome to another amazing adventure of Mind Surfer Radio. Mind Surfer Radio. One day I'll have a uh, sound department to edit something in there. We'll see. One day. Mind Surfer Radio, as you know, is a two for one treat that I offer for you to shove some pins and needles into your mind and heart, your old and limited beliefs, and break through and see what else is out there while also strapping on your shoes and going for a walk. Because I am not going to be guilty of wasting your time looking at me when you could be listening to me while exercising. Two for one bonus offer today only. Because now is all there is. Throughout these podcasts, I've told you life is about growth and bettering ourselves. And what kind of hypocrite would I be if I wasn't growing and if I wasn't changing? So as I've said before, I'm going to kind of air some of my shit here. And this becomes an opportunity for me to share what I'm going through and how I'm learning. And in no way do I think I know everything, which goes right to this topic, which one of my best friends of all time, all time BFFs, former roommate. He was a friend with Tina Kusan. If you don't know Tina Kusan, you have to check her out on Facebook. But he told me, he goes, you're suffering from imposter syndrome. I'm like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? And so he starts describing it. And he had just listened to a podcast this week. I'm like, this week? That's crazy. How is that even possible? I've just been identifying this whole issue this past couple of weeks. Now, I've known about this issue for years, but I've never addressed it or known how to address it. Or every time I addressed it, the people in front of me just shrugged it off. And lately, as I've been addressing it, people are like, oh, well, what about this and this and this? I'm like, what? There's a solution to this fucking problem or, or this way of thinking I have? Remember, just because you said something to one group of people doesn't mean that their opinion is the same as everyone else's. Once you get stuck in a rut and you feel like, oh my God, like no one understands me, it's not a negative thing. It's frustrating, yes, and it sucks, but you can't blame anyone just because other people aren't interested in what you do. Why the hell do you have to be upset at them for that? You don't like Brussels sprouts. They don't like carrots. You don't not talk to each other over dinner because you're not eating the same thing. Same thing to do with the mind. Whatever you eat for your mind, you nourish your mind. Not everyone who hears me speak likes what I have to say because it's like, whoa, 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 when you talk, you basically just blow out my knees from under me because you shit on everything I love. Well, if all the shit you love hurts other people, well, maybe it's time to change the perspective of what you love. You're just trying to change me. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to change anyone. I'm just trying to say, hey, nothing in life is constant. Everything is change, everything. So once you grasp that concept, then it's like, oh, it's not Mind Surfer willing it to change. He's just establishing and trying to get through my very solid, limited belief that everything changes. So it's not him changing it. It's just acknowledging it's going to change whether you like it or not. Water dripping on a rock is going to change it from a rough, hard surface over thousands of years into a very soft, flowing path. It didn't just change overnight. The rock didn't just say, I'm going to get soft now. No, it took years of nagging of that water saying, change, 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 change. I just thought of that analogy. Is that a good analogy? It's a terrible analogy. Like, who wants that? Like, that's... 
No one wants that. So if you think that mind surfer is saying like, you need to change, you need to listen to me or else you're doing it wrong. Like, dude, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing everything wrong. But of all the wrongs I've done, it's never resulted in true harm for someone else. Like definite emotional shit, but it's, I've been fortunate that I've made in general good decisions and I've hung around good people. And over the years, I've been meeting more and more and more amazing people. And then I've been meeting more and more and more people that I'm like, eh, you only see what's in your bubble. And that's cool. And I get it. It looks fancy. It's a beautiful bubble, shiny bubble. Everyone wants your bubble, but your bubble doesn't interest me because you know what? Your bubble's lonely because it's tough to make connections with others when you live in a little bubble that doesn't relate to anyone else. It's like, good for you. Amazing. I'm glad. Enjoy your bubble and all your stuff because I had a wonderful bubble. My bubble was amazing. And here's the fun thing about bubbles. You pop one bubble and then it's like, oh, I'm free. I'm at one with the universe. And then you find out there's another bubble. Wait, how many bubbles are there? It's like the Russian dolls. It's like, oh my God, there's just never ending bubbles. But it does end because everything ends. You know why? Because everything changes. And when you recognize that you live in a constant bubble within your ego, eventually you change your thinking of what your ego is. Now people say you need to get rid of your ego. I don't know, I don't agree with that. I think to personify your ego is a little more helpful because to get rid of your ego is like shunning it, putting it to the basement, locking it in a cave. It's like, yeah, but he's gonna wanna come out and if your ego is anything like yourself, you know it's powerful. So it's always gonna break free and it's gonna be at the most inopportune times. My ego has come out and made me a buffoon many, many times. And I look back, luckily I can pretty much look in laughter because nothing serious happened. But at the moment, it wasn't pretty. It was horrible. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you're being inappropriate. Yes, it's a funny story to tell later. And I'm glad I did it. As we have these revelations, we really become happy and grateful and appreciative of those moments. The true sign and feeling of being connected to the oneness of the universe is recognizing I am you, you are me. We are one. I talk about this in other podcasts. And when we recognize we are each other, and if I'm hurting you, I'm actually hurting me. You know, of course, you could say, well, I poked him in the eye and I didn't feel it. And they'll laugh. It's like, okay, I get it. It's not that direct. It's more mystical and asshole-ish. And it's going to come back at you as evilly as you do it. Evilly? Is evilly a word? I feel evilly could be a word. It should be a word. I'm using it as a word. So it comes back even evilier. Is that a word? Oh my God. So it's even more evil. I prefer evilier. So it's evilier and evilly. And that's what some people call karma. Oh my God, you're just talking about hippy dippy doopy froofy floppy bloppy stuff. Fine, don't listen. It's cool. It's hard to grasp. It's not something I would have grasped a long time ago. Which brings me to the topic of today, which is imposter syndrome. And it's feeling like, well, who the fuck am I to give this information? Who am I to say this stuff? Because it's not like I want to stand on a mountaintop and shout this. Not at all. I don't. I want to share it with whoever feels the need to experience controlling their emotions. Controlling one's emotions is the absolute key to happiness because happiness is an 
an emotion. And when you get to reach a point of contentment, which to me is the ultimate state of being happy, is contentment. Contentment is neutral. It's just like if you ever see me sitting somewhere and I might have a little smirk or I don't know, I'm meditating or I'm having a breathing exercise and I sometimes have a curl at the top of my lip. I'm just content. I'm like, I'm living the dream of being able to be happy at this present moment. Everything in my life that I need to deal with, which most of it isn't perfect. A lot of it's money related, just like everyone else. And now we're in a times of what are we going to do? I can't meet people personally. I'm doing stuff over Zoom. I don't want to do Zoom. That's not what I wanted to do. The want and desires of what I wanted for this whole program is kind of being changed. And it's not exactly turning out the way I thought, but apparently I'm not the only one being affected. And then it becomes shit. It's my ego. It's my perspective. It's me being upset that my stuff's not turning out the way it's, it's not the way I wanted it. It's not the way I expected it to turn out. It's okay to say that. It's okay to be a little narcissist. Everyone needs to be narcissist to at least have a goal. Now the question is how bad is your goal gonna screw people? Is it gonna screw people at all? Is it gonna help people? Is it gonna be good to society? Is it gonna destroy the planet? Is it gonna have an appearance of being environmentally friendly? When in reality, the production of it takes child labor, slave labor, and destroying water and trees. There's a lot of fake good happening in the world. I call them the hypocrites. They just pretend like they're hippie. They pretend they're about love. They pretend, but ultimately all that matters is their money, how they can use people, how they can have a bigger bottom line. And then they wonder why the universe is being rough on them. And it's like, well, are your intentions truly selfless? Or are you just thinking like you used to, but you found a new domain to do it in? And you're like, yes, I'm the first to do this. And no one else will be able to do this. And I'm the best. There's a couple of people I follow online that some I'm blown away by how humble they are and I love watching their stuff and then there's others I'm like wow they become so judgmental they think that everything they say is perfect they're the best and anyone who questions them it becomes an attack and they become defensive and so it's helped teach me how am I going to navigate this world of being online I never expected to go online and do this shit this isn't what I had planned I didn't know I was just going to write a book and then and do live presentations I was all that was my whole business model was write a book put a website with the days I'm traveling and do live seminars. That was all I wanted to do and just sell live books. That's it. Because I've met people at live events that changed my life and I bought their products and their products were in my mind revolutionary for the moment. And throughout my fucking weird shit and my toad experiences and my shamanic medicinal experiences, and our connectivity to the universe and how close-minded so many people are. When you open your mind and connect to our ancestors and see why they drew shit the way they drew it, and you're like, oh my God, that's why? Like, fuck, thank you. Like, I didn't, I'm like, okay. Now this is making more sense. And then they're like, well, here's more info that may be helpful and write it. And here's interpretations that you can use. And I'm like, oh my God, I never saw it from that point of view. So I will write it from that point of view. And I'm feeling like most authors or speakers or presenters or healers who've helped people like this, they've had their version of it. And they connect to people who are attracted to their energy. My energy does not attract everyone. Some people do not like my energy. I was hanging out with people yesterday and at one point, 
point, I was explaining how the large male bro dude energy is overwhelming. And so me and my buddy gave each other a high five because I'm a big high fiver. And as we talked and connected, we just made this huge energy and a couple of people or one person specifically made the comment, oh my God, I need to stay away. That's too much. And so I said, well, I have to live with this energy. I can't just walk away from it. And there was a kind of collective like, ooh, true story and I get it it was all joking that's what it's all jokes it's always just jokes it's just a joke just a joke but I've heard the same jokes my whole life and it becomes a whole like fuck I get it too much male energy too much energy too much bro dude it's too much but what's funny is the more people I hang out like the bro dudes that I meet and don't get me wrong there are female bro dudes but in this context I'm just saying I'm saying bro dudes bro souls maybe that's what they are maybe we change it from bro dudes to bro souls and when you recognize that hey there's more to life than just trying to hook up than just trying to settle down and have kids and have a relationship. When you recognize that there's goals that can be met together. So whether you're male or female and you just connect on this higher level where you're like, fuck, dude, I get you. And your personal life is irrelevant to what we're dealing with because we're able to help each other and grow. And you understand what I'm saying. I understand what you're saying. We together, we're all individually working on one thing, but it turns out that our individual things are pointed in the same direction and path. So during this time of still going towards that direction, let's fucking collaborate and help each other and work together. Not everyone feels that and it's a fucking strong energy. And that's why I don't like going out much anymore because people are offended by how big my energy is. And I, I'm not stupid, I fucking see it. There's certain people like, oh my God, I can't stand hanging around people like him. And it's okay, it's totally fine. I bring a shit fucking ton of energy. I do a podcast sitting by myself or pacing by myself or however I'm recording that podcast that day with no one here. And I'm able to entertain myself and maintain my flow nonstop during this whole time. Not everyone can do that. Some people need to banter back and forth with people. I don't. When I have interviews, it's not banter. It's me being like, hey, I'm fucking interviewing you because I want you to tell your fucking self 15 years ago what the fuck you needed to hear, what drove you to do what the fuck you're doing. Because there's a bunch of people who are you 15 years ago and they need someone like you. So how can they learn through a Mind Surfer radio interview in this amount of time how we can do it? Because frankly, I don't give a shit about banter. I don't give a shit about people's opinions about stuff that doesn't fucking matter. To me, what matters is what's going on in the world and how we can help each other and the interconnectivity of everything and the synchronicities of everything we go through and how we may think it's all an accident and I want to believe everything's an accident. But then when I meet random people like I did yesterday and I just think, holy shit, these are some of the most amazing souls I've ever met. Like it's just people who've all been on such crazy journeys from around the world who all of a sudden are able to connect and communicate and express each other's in ways where they don't have to defend each other. They can just be open. They talk about stuff you just can't normally talk about with other people. Now, when you're around a circle like that, I got into question mode because there's people who've been living like that for years and embrace it and accept what they are and who they are and what they deliver and their purpose. And then me, I'm like, holy fuck, I'm just an imposter here. I don't belong here. Like, this is not how I grew up. I'm not part of this world. This is nowhere near anything that's acceptable within the realm of people I know. This is not something that will be embraced and encouraged. It'll be ridiculed, mocked, judged, and if anything, simply just ignored. And it won't even be brought up, which is totally cool. And I prefer that. And that's what I've learned that when people just don't even talk to you, it's the greatest sense of peace. They just don't give a shit anymore. They accept you. Now, remember, 
remember, there's a big difference between acceptance and support. It's called a support beam, like we've talked about before on other podcasts. It's a support beam because it supports the weight of the house and everything that's built on that house. An acceptance beam does not support shit. An acceptance beam is leaning outside against the house and it's there. It accepts you. You walk by it. It's there. It will not do anything to help you or hinder you. It'll just do nothing. It's an acceptance beam. It's decorative. It's there to make you feel good. Maybe you paint it. Maybe it's crown molding, but that's an acceptance beam. A support beam truly takes work. So when you have friends and family who support you, you know who they are. Now in other people's minds, they may think they are those people and it's okay. Let people think what the fuck they want to think. It's nothing wrong with that. And just be grateful how many people accept you. Because if you have no one reaching out to you ever, they just all accept you for who you are. They don't have any judgment to give you. They don't have any advice to give you. They don't have any encouragement to give you because they probably don't understand what the fuck you're doing. And it's okay. People have trouble supporting other people when one, they don't understand what the fuck they're doing. Two, there's a potential that they make a lot of money. And three, that it might be doing something they love because people who are stuck working jobs they hate often want other people to be miserable because it's not fair that someone does something they love and make money. The point of life is sufferance. The point of life is to suffer and enjoy life when you're about to die after your retirement. That's the model we've been shown. It's what we're sold. It's the idea of everyone who's working a job they hate and they're like, hey, I've only got countdown to X amount of years, retirement, and then I get to live my life, the best life I can. Now, not everyone, like people who understand what I'm talking about, they're not offended. They're like, yeah, yeah, like I chose that path. I know that's my path. I've always loved this path. Or it took me a while to recognize, yeah, I didn't know that, but now I know it and I'm cool with it because I love my kids, I love my family, I love that we take time. You know, we have enough holidays because of the time served at the same job. You've got six or eight weeks holiday. You can go do stuff. You're making memories. You live in the moment. So people aren't offended when the truth isn't about them. So some people might be like, yeah, I reflect that, but I also do all the positives. So excellent. That's I'm not against having kids. I'm not against having families. What I am against is encouraging kids to have kids and families. So like if you're 18 and getting married, like how come no one in your life is truly having a conversation with you now? Hey, whatever. If that's your path, if that's what you want to do, do it. But when you're 36, and the mortgage and the car payments and the kids university and the medical care and blah, 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 blah. And now you're working a job you fucking hate and you didn't even go to school to get proper training. So now you can't even get a fucking job. You can't even start at a proper level because you still haven't reached the proper education you need for starting off in the world. Now, if you don't believe education is needed, then don't do education. Education could be online courses. Education can be finding a business you like and going to talk to the owner and say, I want to start as a janitor and I want to work my way up to one of your managers because one day in 10 or 15 years, I want to start a company like yours because I think you're inspiring. No one does that. No one talks like that. Family businesses in general don't talk to each other like that. Families in general don't talk to each other like that. From the experiences I've talked to with people, if you do have a well-loving communicative family. Congratulations. I kind of do it sometimes, but at this point in life, who cares?
years. Like when you're young is when it counts. And that's when you need it. That's the formative years. Later, it's like, well, you got to wing it. And our whole life is just winging it. And winging it worked before the advent of electricity. Because winging it was like, okay, well, how are we going to keep warm? We're going to build a fire. You're winging it. Where are we going to sleep tonight? I don't know. We don't have a shelter. We're traveling across a land to another piece of land. So we're going to sleep in a tent. We're going to hunt animals. We're going to eat, you know, various plants. Sometimes we'll find some really good mushrooms and we're like, yeah, motherfucker. Oh my God, I'm so inspired. And then all of a sudden they ate this mushroom and they were given this new piece of information about where to go or where to look or how to mix two products together. And all of a sudden they created iron or they created whatever the fuck they create. Is that scientifically proven? No, I'm just talking shit. I honestly don't know. But if you look back, I guarantee you in history, some of the shit we've learned and discovered is through people having eaten a natural plant and it giving them illumination beyond our wildest dreams. And that's the problem is people think becoming adult is getting rid of dreams. You're such a daydreamer. I'm like, thank you. That's the greatest compliment you can give me because one of my skills is helping people remember how to dream, to become your full potential, to fucking get rid of all the indoctrinated bullshit of hatred and judgment and nonsense that you've been told. Now, if you have put yourself in a financial position that you need your job and you can't ever quit, well, it's too bad you didn't meet me earlier. Like you got to suck it up and deal with it and time to talk to a counselor because now you're in a fucking whole other, like you need to talk to someone to help you reach your next level. But you've made all the choices to be there and if you can't even accept that you've made all those choices and you want to blame everyone else, no, it's not the economy's fault. It's the elected officials' faults. It's everyone else's fault. People who are activists is people who want to save the planet's fault. It's all the people who produce this product's fault. It's, dude, it's blame, blame, blame. You're right. If you want something to blame, the best place to go is the echo chamber of the internet. And they can be found in any group where everyone believes what you believe. And if it's negative, you're going to get negative. If it's positive, you'll most likely get positive. Because the honest part of looking at ourselves is hearing other people talk about it. And if other people are talking about how it's everyone else's fault and they don't want to be accountable for their lives, and that's what you feel, and you think it's best to do that, then fucking do it. I'm going to go over here and work on this with these people. You go do you over there and feed the negativity. It's a big echo chamber of what you want to hear. My echo chamber is also an echo chamber of positivity through people who've experienced stuff similar to mine. I don't want to share stuff that I don't believe in. Like my goal isn't to make people delusional. It's not to look at life logically, methodically, planning it. Like, dude, that's what my whole point is. And as you listen to my stuff, it may upset you, it may not. And this is as kind of like, I was explaining this to my buddy recently and I said, helping people and finding this path the way I did. Like I didn't go to school and be like, I'm going to help people. Like when they, when they used to ask you as a kid or through your teens and in university, like who here wants to help people? I'm like, well, I, I want to help people get drunk. Like my family owns a bar. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to help. I'm going to help make a party. I'm going to help host events. I'm going to help bring the music. I'm going to help bring the activities, the people. That's what I love. That was my contribution to society was I learned how to host a motherfucking party. And I learned that, you know, the more you drink, the more fun you can be. The more you drink, the more liberated you can be. There's no judgment because when you do something stupid, you go, oh, yeah, but I was drunk. And they're like, yeah, sweet high five. And everyone said it was okay. And the excuse of being drunk or I didn't know, but it was usually drunk, like, I don't know, drunk, woo. I was drunk. And some people don't believe in the whole, like, well, you black out. I'm like, well, it happens. You consume a bottle of booze 
sometimes you don't remember stuff. And you're like, oh shit, I did that? I'm like, really? It happens. My big thing, as I've talked about in many other, which my Facebook group, it really dwindled, but the Don't You Hate Pants group, like that was epic back in the day. And we had, that was my go-to. You get drunk, my pants were lost. I don't know where my pants went. And of course it didn't matter if it was winter or summer. It just is what it is. And it's funny and it doesn't hurt anyone and it's completely ridiculous. And as we kind of get older and we still have that fun inside of us of being silly and ridiculous, but the booze we start recognizing again, and I talk about this in other podcasts, waking up with regret, shame, confusion, wondering what we did, plus the hangover, the pain of the hangovers, unbearable as you get older. And so when I was younger, it, I was a machine. I could party, two hours sleep, get up, work, party, four hours sleep, get up, party. Dude, that's all I had to do. And when your work becomes the party, I can see why a lot of my friends ended up down some really dark, shitty roads, because they had no leadership or guidance. In their minds, this is it. Like I go down this path and I'm gonna be in the bar industry forever. I have no path to get out. And it is great money working in the bar industry and the service industry. I've met some of the most amazing people. I've also met some of the biggest assholes. And usually the shitty people never survive. Usually, which is fun because it's a really, it's a trust industry. When it's busy, when you work a bar, that holds a few hundred people and you're only a total of eight or nine people to take care of everyone. You got to have each other's back. There is no bickering. There is no sabotage. There is no fucking being a dick. And you sometimes meet those people and in life it becomes a lesson for later. But you learn how to work and drink and work and drink and party and party and then party party and then drink and party. And then the problem comes when the party's dying. And then you go, okay, well, there's a new party, which may be a new job or a new city or a new location or whatever it is. And then you're back to the party. But now you're the old person because before you were the young person then the medium person, then you're the old person. And it's like, okay, wait, we used to make fun of the old person. I used to question why the old person was still there. I used to tell myself I never want to be the old person. And that was just me judging because I didn't know their life. And maybe they were happy doing what they did. I used to work with a waiter who was in his 60s and he traveled around the world being a professional waiter. The guy made more tips than anyone I've ever seen. And it was at a nice restaurant, but not the nicest, but it was a high end, but a fun high end. And this guy, I always thought, man, if I ever needed to resort to some type of job to travel the world and do that, that would be a cool way to do it. Now, I do not at all ever want to do that, but it was, I respect, I don't judge. It's an observation. There are people who do that. Well, you just judged all the shitty waiters. I'm like, yeah, but if you go to a fucking restaurant and you have shitty service and they're rude and they fucking forget your stuff and they're condescending and are you going to leave them a big tip or a little tip? Sometimes no tip. Well, then you're judgmental too by the observation they're a shitty fucking waiter. Like this whole hypocrisy of like calling other people out. So because I'm calling out some behavior, not people, behavior, people choose to behave a certain way. People aren't their behavior. People are how they choose to behave. By being offended by one's behavior is saying, well, that's me, that behavior defines me. And my question would be like, why do you feel that that behavior defines me? Well, it doesn't. 
well, then why do you feel the need to defend that behavior? Because that behavior wasn't you. It was a behavior that I just let out there in the universe wrapped in a bubble, and you chose to connect yourself to that bubble of that behavior. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And go look in your local country and see if there's psilocybin treatments. Because to me, psilocybin treatments are legal. They're being studied by scientists. And it's not just fucking bullshit that people would have said is bullshit 15, 20 years ago. Because people are so judgmental shit they don't know. And they act as if they're so smart. There's so many people who have age on this planet. They've been on this planet for more rotations than others. And they think that their age has given them wisdom. And they also think they have osmosis wisdom, which means all their friends and family are smart and thus they make intelligent conversation pieces or points. So they take those conversation pieces without understanding the root basis of what that comment comes from and they start spinning it as their own. But you know it goes to shit when you start going into the, when you start hammering out the details and questioning true motives of what the statement is. Because they can't. Their, their argument is, well, my best friend is this, and this is what they say. I don't give a fuck. Your best friend's not here. That's hearsay. That's why in court, you can't be a witness like that, because that's just hearsay. Fuck it. That's useless. So are you a hearsay liver of life, or are you truly immersing yourself in the being of life, studying it, taking courses, following people on podcasts, listening, opening your mind, going to see a counselor and asking them, hey, can you help me get through my limited beliefs? I think that I'm so stubborn that I don't think I'm ever wrong. Like, I think I'm right about everything. And that's okay to admit that. Man, if you could go to a counselor and say that out loud, the counselor would say, oh my God, you're my dream client. You're my dream client. You know how many counselors wish they could help people, but the way people come in and the expectation of a client-counselor relationship is so shit. And I don't blame it because I've been through it. And counselor marketing is the worst in the world. It's the worst. And I think some counselors have given up and that was just a job about booking appointments and making as much money as they can because they truly don't give a fuck about helping because 95% of the people coming in to see them aren't in there to help themselves. And if you're not there to help yourself, how the fuck is someone supposed to be motivated to help you? Now, at the end of the day, like, fuck, if, is what I'm saying true? I don't know, I'm just fucking rambling. If it connects with you, great. If it doesn't, I don't know. If you're a counselor, send me a message. Maybe say, you know what, this has helped me. I've, I've gotten some of my clients to listen to your perspectives because it helps open their minds. Or you may say, I don't like at all what you're doing because you're not a professional. You have no right speaking here. And then boom, you see that thought that just came up? That's my imposter thinking. My imposter thinking is a voice coming in to challenge me. Every time I do a podcast, apparently I use imposter voices, which to me is the perspective of hearing the negative coming. And because 15 years ago, it's what I might've said. So if I can nip that in the bud early and just say, okay, yes, I've thought this too. I include that perspective. When you make a different perspective, question. It's not necessarily negative, but I do have to recognize that there has to be a way to show or share an idea that reflects to it. Can I convince everyone of what I'm trying to say? No, I can't. I'm sure some people like me, some people don't. I know that that's how life is. And I appreciate how everyone in my life lately who's been really supportive and helping and this past three weeks of my life have been just revolutionary, inspiring. It's been a change I've been excited for. This is actually season two, and I've recorded and edited a shit ton more, but I think I'm gonna make this one my introductory 
of season two. So thank you for being part of season one, if you were. It was a season of me discovering myself. Season two is gonna be a little more of the direction I'm going, embracing what I'm doing, accepting that I may be hard on myself and I may be judgmental and have an imposter syndrome, which I'm gonna start working on. I just learned about this. I'm gonna start learning more about it. But the fact that I say it out loud is me acknowledging it and saying, oh, okay, you can't hide from me in my mind anymore because I see you. So when I start feeling that negativity of resentment, even though it comes from a place of authenticity, like it's not like I'm making this up. These are judgments that come from real people in my life who've made some really interesting comments that they don't believe in what I'm doing. It's not true. A lot of my exercises are just made up. It's nonsense. And so I've had to just eat my humble pie and accept that people in your life will think shit about you and they will just not believe you. And when you have people in your life who just don't believe you, it's just that point where it's like, okay, well, I guess I got to disconnect for a while and just kind of do my thing and you do your thing and everyone does their thing. And it's not about hating each other. It's not about not loving people. You can love people from a distance. You can go to bed at night and pray and wish nothing but good for people. You're allowed to do that. It makes a difference. No, it doesn't. Then it doesn't. It's okay. You don't have, you believe whatever you want to believe. If you understand the placebo effect, I believe in the placebo effect. I think the placebo effect, much of what I talk about is the placebo effect of just, is it real? Eh, I don't know if it's real, but if it's acknowledged something in your mind to create a shift, to make you aware and recognize that, holy fuck, I've been making these poor decisions, then yay placebo? I don't know. Like, you take it and interpret it how you will. I appreciate everyone who's been part of this journey, part of this growth. I'm slowly getting my legs under me. I'm slowly building the confidence. I appreciate all the people I've worked with who've lately just called me and or, or messaged me saying how our time together has been beneficial. And I guess, you know, like anyone else, like, yes, I have an ego and sometimes it's nice to get that support of you're doing well. It helped me. You're not wasting your time. You're moving in a good direction. You know, they know that I wished I would have completed all my project earlier, but who cares? I needed to get to where I am at this moment. Who am I to decide when the timing was right? The more stress on timing I put on myself, the more miserable I got. It got really hard. So I had to learn that, you know what? Sometimes it's the right time. Sometimes it's not the right time. Sometimes it's the right people. Sometimes it's not the right people. And sometimes they're not the right people are then a lesson. So then you're like, fuck. There is no negative in my life. The negative that happened had to happen for me to discover this newfound belief or intelligence or perspective that you wouldn't have had had this negative event not happened. It's insane. It's crazy. When you start reaching this point of being at this connective flow of your entire life, all of it, owning all of it, owning everyone around you in the fact that how you treat them and how they treat you is on purpose. And then you go, well, they hurt me, so they did it on purpose. No, they didn't know, but now you told them, so now every time they hurt you now, they are doing it on purpose and vice versa. When you didn't know you're hurting someone, it's not your fault. But then when they tell you you're hurting them and then you keep doing it, now it's your fault. Yes, you're repeating a rut, you're stuck in a cycle. And now the argument might be, well, it's their fault, blame, 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 there's everyone, blame, blame, blame. Then it's recognizing, okay, well, it's great. Let's take each blame and break those down. And then eventually it just comes down to, oh, you're the one to blame. Every time you point one finger out at one person, 
three fingers are pointing back at yourself. It's uh, truth. That's a truth bomb. It's not about blaming, but if you're at that point where you're like, fuck, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but I'm angry. I'm super angry because you're fucking pissing me off. And if people in your life are just pissing off, if anger is a big thing, please go start seeing a counselor. And just say like, I've been listening to this mind surfer dude and he's saying that maybe I need to just start learning my emotions and I need to start speaking them because they're creating uh, a lot of negativity in my life. And I've been blaming everything else in my life, but it's time for me to be accountable. Maybe that's the question. Maybe you go to the counselor, you go, hey, I don't know, man. I feel like everything in my life and have your reasons written down of what's wrong. Have them go through it with you. And eventually you may realize where your abilities and strengths are and what you need to start working on. Because it's not always about just cutting people out and being angry and mad. It's not. But sometimes we need to detach ourselves from others, whether it's moving or changing jobs or changing cities or changing countries or changing professions because you realize you were doing one thing before because it's what everyone else was doing so you're just like okay well i'm gonna do that too and then you start looking around you're like hey wait whoa fucking kids family like eh okay like i get it but i'm like okay i'll get a house fuck mortgage like six years of paying a mortgage and maintenance and blah blah and i can never go anywhere so it's like okay well, i'm gonna sell that fucker and then you start going through life and you're like wait Life is way more playful than we allow it to be. We live in this world where everyone likes being miserable because people love seeing other people miserable. People don't want to see other people happy. And if you don't believe that, whatever, it's, it's true. People like seeing people just under as happy as them or maybe as happy. That's it. They don't like hanging around with people who are happier than them because there's resentment. Like, wait, how are you able to be happy? You should be miserable. I worked hard for everything I have. I grinded for what I had. I had to sell my soul and my conscience so I can make all the money I have. So I have the ability to fucking have all the beautiful luxuries. I, I was told that's what I need to do, so I did it. It wasn't my fault. I just did what I was told to do. I didn't hurt anyone specifically. It's legal. Everything I'm doing is legal. Quit judging me for how I did it. Perspectives are hard to swallow sometimes. To recognize like, holy shit, I was a dick. Like I was talking to a buddy. In our young adulthood, from 18 to our 30s, we did some silly stuff. We were not always the nicest people. We had tempers. We got angry. Violence was prominent. It's just the way you did shit. We were talking. It's not that we want to be confrontational, but it happened. We understand what it takes to take a punch to the face. I don't fear a punch to the face. If someone wants to punch me in the face, go ahead. I will turn the other cheek and offer the other one, but I'm not going to fall down. I'm not going to drop the way you think in your mind it's going to happen and nor will it with him and nor will it with many other people I know, but we've all chosen now to go down the path that that doesn't even exist anymore. But as a young male adult, violence and anger and booze, which don't go well together at all, is prominent. We're keeping everyone angry and upset and now money issues. So you're keeping people poor and angry and upset and drunk. And now you're creating this, like this time bomb of emotions because we're not even allowed to talk about what emotions are about. Someone who's kind of new to this shit will listen to me and be like, you're a fucking joke. I probably wouldn't have listened to me 20 years ago? I don't know. I don't know. 
the point being is what, I, what I'm creating is for whoever needs to hear it in the moment they hear it. And had I heard it years ago, would it have triggered me differently? I don't know, I can't honestly say. But I don't regret anything because I needed everything I went through to get to the point where I am to create what I'm doing now. And I love what I'm doing. I love the people I'm meeting. I'm meeting people on such soul connection levels that it's so beyond having to worry about like, oh, is this a shyster? Like I'm so tired of meeting shysters. Shysters are just so, are such tiring people. They're always clever. Whenever they say something, you gotta decipher, are there multiple meanings to what they're saying? Because there's a good chance that they've just trapped you in some bullshit technicality that you didn't see. And after a while, the shyster clever mentality, it's like, yeah, okay, well, go have fun. Have like, I don't wanna be part of your circle because your circle, it involves too much being on my toes. People not having your back. It's the opposite of a healthy circle where people have your back. A clever or shyster in a group creates this dynamic of, ah, fucks. Are they gonna play us against each other? Are they using one person over the other? Do we, like, are we being told the truth? Is stuff being manipulated? You gotta watch out with that. And I'm sure everyone knows someone like that. And it's like, oh my God, I just gotta stay away because it's so annoying. Now, the higher up you are in business, especially as a bro dude, you know you know these people. Hell, you may have been that person. I don't think I was too bad at it, but definitely I was manipulative to get what I want because isn't that what the whole point of life is? Get what you want. Work, 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 house, kids, car, paid off, retirement, and then you get to do whatever you want for the rest of your life. Isn't that the dream? I guess, but how many people are living it well? How many people have reached their retirement and their pension's gone? Now, some people say you're just fear-mongering. Type up, go on fucking Google, and type pension funds that have been lost. And one that comes to mind is Michigan. I think they have multiple. And I think it was the city of Detroit lost their pension. The motherfucking city. Imagine being a government worker and then you lose your pension. Now, I haven't looked at this story in a while, so maybe I'm saying it wrong and I'm not in the mood to check it right now to see. Ah, fuck. Okay, I'll check it quickly. So I'm going to type in Oz Pension Detroit. It's a story I'll say. Detroit bankruptcy five years later, retirees still adjusting. So, okay, five years ago. Um, so this quick article is just showing us the Detroit Free Press from July 18th, 2018. Five years after Detroit's bankruptcy filing, a retiree feels a financial hit each time she pays about $940 a month for health coverage because she lost her medical coverage from her pension. So right there, not only is it you're not receiving money, you've lost, it's costing you a thousand, dude, that's 10 grand a year. The bankruptcy happened July, 2013. She also saw a cut in her pension. She also was clawed back $45,000. Anyways, the article goes on, but the way the world works is every year there's inflation. I'm gonna do a podcast on inflation because most people cannot define inflation. And anytime they try to explain inflation to me, I can poke a hole pretty quick through it. It's a bullshit way of making a profit that doesn't need to exist, but whatever. It's how you keep this economy going. And so inflation goes up every year, but pension plans that go bankrupt, 
they now don't make what they used to and they also don't get indexed because most pension plans don't have indexed. If you don't know what indexed is, you're going to be one of the people who have a fucking problem at your retirement in 20 or 30 or 40 or 10 or 15 years. Like an index retirement means it matches, it increases every year with inflation to a set amount. That is a Cadillac pension plan. Pretty sure the only people who get that are high level government officials. If people knew how fucking swanky government pensions were compared to real world pensions, holy fuck. If you heard the Manitoba Premier last month talk about how the government employees do not need to follow the same standards of laws as the civilians. And he didn't get in trouble for this either. He just said it. He goes, well, no, civilians have to follow the rules that the government officials put in place. The government officials don't. It's fucked up. That's how they think. This is how people think in those positions. And then they get these amazing government pension plans. Now, here's the fucking irony. They think they're getting these great pension plans. There's been some economic disasters that have been happening lately. I'm not going to get into them. Most people call me a fear monger for even talking about it because they don't think it's true. I'm like, whatever. I'm glad. Like, I tell certain friends, get out of this market. Get out of these markets because, yes, they're wonderful now. But they're about to crash so hard. And it's going to create a ripple effect. Devastating. Devastating. But whatever. It is what it is. If you think Detroit's the only government group that's gonna have no pension in the future, well, it is what it is. And again, we need to talk about this shit. It's not that I want this. It's not like I'm getting glee out of this. It's not like, ha ha, you fucking poor suckers. No, my issue is how come none of y'all are fucking talking about this? How come no one's talking to the investors? How come no one's talking? Like, look how much money the investment firms are making holding all your pension money. If you actually knew the answer to that and it's only like a handful of people getting it, I don't think people would be so happy these days because I got to meet these people. I've worked with these people. And when I say they're fucking assholes, they're fucking pricks, man. Like, yes. They come across shiny and nice and they pretend to give a fuck. They pretend. That's what they do. But as long as the bottom line is fucking good for them, they will pretend all they need to. They'll pretend. They'll throw crumbs here and there, but they'll pretend. They don't give a shit about anything. They don't care about the end result of the environment. They don't care about social economic disasters by merging companies and making cities lose huge industries and factories. They don't care about sending factories and productions to other countries, which means now the whole fabrication and production of an entire industry, which is GDP, which makes a country live through this economic system. They don't give a fuck about that. They don't care about the debt they're creating for people that they can no longer survive. They don't care that they've ruined a young person's life to pay for something they don't need. They don't care. It's all about the money they make every month. It's the society we're in. Now, some people who I'm speaking about are coming to recognize this and they go, wow, I never thought of it this way. And you're right. Like I recognize it now. And they've done one of a few things. Like either they've just quit and they've gone down a path of helping more people and they've stopped being part of the problem. Cause when you're doing that, you're part of the problem as you've had more life experiences and it's not about blaming and you don't, you forgive yourself. You do forgive yourself. You do 
acknowledge and say, holy fuck, I was a piece of shit, but now it's time for me to be better. Now, depending on how bad you hurt people, people aren't, people don't have to forgive you. Now, if people choose not to forgive you, that's them hurting themselves. The choice of not forgiving someone is the choice of holding on to hurt. So if someone forgives you and they say, I don't accept your, your apology, it doesn't matter. The person who forgave, they forgave. They're, they're good. Mentally, they're good. The person who didn't forgive them, it's like holding on to a hot rock, thinking the other person is going to burn their hand the longer you hold it. That's what holding on to anger and resentment and judgment and all that shit does. So when you're holding on to that and feeling it and like, and then it hurts you and then you realize, holy fuck, I'm just hurting myself. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. It does happen through financial loss, you know, natural disaster, through near-death experience, a health scare, a loss of a loved one, a loss of anything. Usually loss is a big start. If you don't understand, the movie Coco has three, the three deaths of life. So the first death is the death of your ego. And uh, your, your ego, once you accept that you are mortal, then the second death is your physical body. And then the third death is the spirits on the third plane, like here on the third dimension, like us alive here, is them remembering that spirit. So the last person to remember that spirit can then go back to the oneness and then the one who's remembered forever can will always be there. But then that becomes your ego as well because your ego may not die till after your physical body dies and your ego is still there. And then it takes work after you're dead to recognize, holy shit, my ego is just a tool. Your, your ego is a tool, it's a motivator, it's a driver. It's kind of like your compadre to bounce ideas off of. Like, is this a good idea? Like, if someone says, says something to you and it offends you, and in your head you say, I didn't like that. That's your ego. It's your ego talking to you, being like, I didn't like that. Let's do something about this. That's your ego. Just recognize that the, the voice of the, the reaction to anything that happens in front of you is your ego. Is your reaction, oh my God, so nice to meet you. I'm giving you a hug. Or is it, I fucking hate you, blah, blah, blah. I'm judgmental. I don't like your shoes. I don't like your tattoos. I don't like that you have nose rings. I don't like that you have weird clothes. I don't like that you have a disability. I don't like that you're rich. I don't like that you're poor. I don't like that you're this certain culture. Those judgments are our ego thinking we know best. That's what our ego is. And it's brutal and shit. It's, but we need to recognize it. Now, here's the shitty part for anyone who's listened this far. Now that I've said all this stuff, you've just drank the fucking red pill. Like the red pill's been brought to you. You've consumed it. Maybe that'll be the uh, name of the episode maybe I don't know we'll see and now that you can't just erase it you can forget what I said but it's it's in you now it's in your DNA it's been vibrated through your core you understand it it's there if you choose to ignore this message now that's your choice and then whatever choices you make now are your choice now if you choose to accept it all in a positive way and say fuck yeah I need to talk to a counselor I need to talk to someone who can just help me but I'm gonna do it in a productive way I'm not going to expect the counselor to fix me. I'm going to ask the counselor to help me fix myself. And if you can get to that shift in your mind and to get into that perspective, and then you start listening to my other stuff on mindfulness and, you know, mind surfing and visualization, which I'm going to talk about in other stuff. But when you start going down that path, it becomes more liberating and amazing and the synchronicities of life of people who also think this way is going to grow in an astronomical amount absolutely in a way that will be so mind-boggling and fast 
because it's genuine and from the heart. It can't be done with any intention of is got to make me money. I, I was about to start a project with a friend that I was really excited. He has great energy. He's definitely a bro dude, but he made a comment and it basically, and he goes, I don't give a fuck as long as there's money and talk about killing the idea immediately. And I just, I was like, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not working with people who their only sole objective is money. I've done it. I, it's, it's ruined my spirit and it's made me resent people. And if your only goal in life is to make money, like, cool. It's not that I'm not going to hang out. It's not that I'm not going to have a coffee with you. It's not that I don't love people. I'm not going to spend my energy and time with people who are dedicated to strictly making money because that means they will do anything for the money and they will skew stuff and they won't allow their emotions to truly develop the project fully to its potential because they'll be so anchored on old ways of making money. Well, this is how I made money in the past. Therefore, I'm going to do it again this way. I don't want to do it this way because, well, this is how the market says to do it. Fine, but this is, we're not going with the market. We're going against the market. The project is kind of counterintuitive. So maybe this project isn't good for you. So again, I haven't gone into great conversations about this with people, but that's how I am. I just say, oh yeah, you know what? Let's, it's probably best we don't do this. Like, I don't think this is probably the path that's best for us. I don't think you're interested in it. If someone doesn't immediately tell you, I love what this idea is, don't do business with them. If they don't immediately feel it, if the person that you're about to do business with or that you think is good to do business with cannot describe your business to you in their words and you have to keep explaining it like, no, man, no, no, like this, and they keep describing it another way, run. I don't mean run away from them. I just mean don't do the project with them. Even if it's their idea and you can't be part of it otherwise, don't. Find someone else to be part of their project. My idea isn't always just be a creator. Find a creator. Find someone that you'd want to work with. Find someone you're like, man, I'd like to work with that person. I'd love to start hiring people. It's just right now at this moment, I don't have the money to pay someone else. I don't have enough work to keep them busy full time. And I feel bad for that. See, at this point in life, I think I'd be able to hire part-time people for now, eventually, not yet. And I'm excited for that, but it sucks because I'm not bringing in the money that is required to offer big benefits, to offer paid vacations, to offer, you know, this and this. Now, I see some companies making more than enough money to be able to give that stuff and they choose not to. And, you know, good for them. Like, congratulations. You're good at fucking hoarding money. You're a selfish prick. There's a fucking applause. Is it an observation? Is it a judgment? I don't know. Like, what are you doing to be better? What are you doing to help those around you? If you're doing nothing and all you care about is money, yeah, you're a fucking prick. You're a prick. I'm sorry. If you at least give back and help and are a part of people's lives and a part of the community, then you know what? You're trying. Because that also comes with the imposter syndrome. Like, are you worthy to make the money? Do you deserve to make the money? Why should you make the money over other people? And I've had to have some real hard, long talks with myself about that and meditate over this because it's an aspect of success that I have trouble with. The fear of success, the imposter syndrome. Am I good enough? Do I deserve it? Why me over anyone else? Now I've come to realize that for what I'm doing specifically, my goal, and it's silly, and I, I say it out loud, but like I don't, 
I don't like saying it out loud, but fuck it, I'm going to say it out loud. But my goal is to be kind of like, you know, Joe Rogan, comedic and podcast meets Tony Robbins. Helpful and also funny. And I think I love how they both bring the humor and they're both open-minded and they can... Tony Robbins, I feel, helps people unleash their potential, which I want to do. I had someone tell me recently that I have reverse charisma. I was like, I've never heard of that. Because normally people tell me I have charisma. And they're like, you walk into a room, there's 100 people, and you walk out knowing 100 people. And my response is, well, I actually met 104. People always forget the two bartenders and two serving staff. So I meet everyone. Like, I, everyone, I just, I can make friends. I love people. And he goes, I always thought it was because of your ability of doing what you're doing, like what you say, how you act. That's why everyone loves you. And he goes, he heard something about reverse charisma. And he goes, I think it's what you have. And it's the ability of making people comfortable being their best version of themselves around you. And they don't have to worry about being judged or being feeling anything other than feeling good about themselves around you. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, that's a really nice compliment. I don't know if everyone would say that about me. I, I don't know. I, but I do see that being, yeah. I love hearing success stories. I love hearing underdog stories. I love witnessing people achieving what they want. I love hearing people who are living their happy life, their best life, their true life. I love being part of people's journey. If I can connect two people and be like, dude, you need to meet this dude. You guys need to fucking chat. I don't want anything. All I want is fucking share my link. I don't know. If it makes sense, I guess I need to ask for something. So, you know, I've got, I'm going to have a website. Share my website. I don't know. If someone needs what I'm offering, fucking dude, I'm here. I hope it makes sense. I hope it works for you. Like, and I also feel like, hey, I'm rambling. I fucking ramble. Sometimes I ramble because I'm on a good flow. Sometimes I ramble because I, I just feel there's a bit more to come. And I want to force you to walk an hour. It's what I want to do. I want to give you substance for an hour that while you've been walking, you may have not even realized how far you walked because you've been listening to some crazy shit. And maybe it related to you. Maybe you're like, fuck, I'm not the only one feeling this way. I'm not the only bro dude who feels like, oh my God, I can be connected to people. Like, holy shit, we've been kind of lied to about how we should be treating each other as humans. Business is a big bullshit of swinging dicks and flappy vaginas trying to make the best of everything by taking advantage of others. Like, that's what business is. A good negotiator always gets more than the other. If anyone says that to me, I know right away not to do business with them. I'm like, cool, you're a selfish prick. See, to me, a negotiation is each person should get what of value they cherish. If I, in a negotiation, recognize someone undervalued the negotiation, and I truly don't need part of the negotiation I gained, in my mind, I'm like, God, I'm fucking amazing. But then I go, hey, how about this? I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate what you're working on. I'm okay with what we did, but I'm going to give you this little portion. It doesn't have to be money. It could be money, but it could be money for something, or it could be an actual device or a product I'm no longer using or a tool or a machine and be like, hey, take this. It's not part of the negotiation, but I'm giving it to you as a gift because I love what you're doing. Now, what you're doing here is the negotiation. That person was walking away with what they wanted. It's all they wanted because if they didn't want that, they wouldn't have agreed to the negotiation. Now, as you learn this in a position of power, it's how you use that skill. If you use the skill of using people and being like, yes, my ego got a good negotiation. I'm the best negotiator ever. I fucked that per person the best. And I still hear people talk like that. And I'm like, oh my God, you think that sounds impressive? 
Like you sound like a just complete fucking asshole and go fuck yourself. So what I've done in negotiations, yes, my ego loves, like, dude, I have an ego. We all have an ego. My ego is fucking monstrous and I've had to harness it. And so I'll negotiate and then if need be, I give something extra. Now on the flip side, I've noticed, guess what? There's times I've under-negotiated because I didn't give a fuck. And I know the person's taking advantage of me. And I'm like, whatever, if, that's how, if you feel good, and I'll say that, if you feel good with everything you got and you think this is fair, all good. And they're fine with it. And then I've had other people say, well, you know, I could give you this too. I'm like, oh man, that would help me a lot because then I could achieve this and this and this with that. And then they're like, oh fuck, yeah, you would be able to do that. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, 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 take that. I feel good about that. So all of a sudden they feel good about giving because the truth is the key to life is giving. And to be a master negotiator like so many people claim to be, like if you're a self-claimed master negotiator, go fuck yourself. Like seriously, you're a fucking prick. Now, again, maybe you are good. One of the nicest people I met in the world was a negotiation trainer, and I talk about him in another podcast. So maybe I'm a hypocrite. Like, I get it. I make mistakes too judging when I speak. Could I edit that part out? I might. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. As I speak these truths, it's not about pointing at who's bad and who's good, but it is about bad behavior. And bad negotiation behaviors is a behavior. A person who thinks that they are negotiation, well, I'm sorry, you're not. It's one of your abilities. It's one of your skills. But if you think that's it, no, I'm the negotiator. That's my role. I'm sorry, but when the day comes when that role doesn't exist anymore, because someone better than you comes along, because you fuck up, because you make a bad negotiation, because you do something, because you're so confident, and then it fucking goes, because that's what the universe does. When you're at your most confident, and you're most like, I'm ready to rock the world, it cuts you the fuck down. Eat a little humble pie. And when you reach that point, which you may have already had it, and that's why you're listening to my stuff, and you reach it, and you go, oh, fuck. Yeah, that one, I fucked up, I fucked up. I was only thinking about me. Me, 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 and that's okay. That's how we all start. If you fucking see this now, if you can recognize it, if you can harness it, if you can just breathe in and exhale with the most frustration in the world and hate my voice because of the words I've said, the pins and needles I've put in your brain and heart, you're welcome, you're welcome, eventually. Eventually, you're welcome or not. And if you're just listening, thank you. Um, I'm getting over it. I'm getting over my imposter syndrome. I'm going to keep working on my reverse charisma. These two terms were actually just said to me this morning. That's what inspired me to record this episode. And it was one of my best friends and I love him so much and I miss having conversations with him. Him and I were roommates and the biggest bro dudes you could ever fucking imagine. And being a bro dude growing up as an adult and having to be responsible and kind of being handed over the responsibility of the adulthood kingdom from the previous generation and recognizing how fucked up and irresponsible the whole kingdom was. And it's like, really? You guys are all about to die off and you get to keep all your secrets? But now we're starting to recognize all the secrets and bullshit you did and now we have to deal with and clean it up. So all the young people are looking at us being like, you guys fucked up. And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dude, I get why you're saying that, but I'm on your team. But we got to look up more than just ourselves, and we got to look at ourselves as well. And if we're the young ones looking up, I get the frustration, man. I get it. I'm on your side. I also understand the frustration of the old people who are retired, 
in their 80s in old folks' homes. They're living in a time where telephones barely existed when they were young. They didn't have TVs when they were younger. They didn't have color TVs. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have anything. So there's this huge contrast of you have a generation who had nothing. They had nothing technologically speaking. And then a generation that is born into technology. And then there's the judgment in between of who's better. It's like, but it has nothing to do with who's better. It has to do with how are we going to fucking work on this together? The cooperation, the perspectives. And if you're a young person or an old person looking to start a new career online, my suggestion is what do you love? How do you want to help people? Find people who are inspiring, work for them, ask them, write them an email, say, dude, I want to work for you. Now, the reality is if someone sent me that email, I'd say, I'm honored. I love you. Thank you. But I don't have fucking, I can't pay you. And I feel bad offering stuff for free because I feel the whole internship and mentorship has turned into a using labor and not giving people any worth. To take a student who's hundreds of thousand dollars in debt and say, you have to work for me for free for six months, go fuck yourself. You're a fucking piece of shit. Now, unless you really can't afford it and you're giving a kid an opportunity who asks to be there, I guess that's good, like if it's a willing on both sides. But if you are a company making a lot of money and part of your money making and bonus structure for yourself is to have free labor, you're a prick. Sorry, behavior. Your behavior is one of being a prick. Oh my God, Mindsurf is so judgmental sometimes. I don't know, it's an observation. It's an observation. If you're upset with the observation, why is it connect to you? And if you don't understand about anything I'm talking about, be grateful you're not around that shit. Because there's some shitty people out there, man. And this doesn't come from me reading books. This comes from the frustration of being beat down and honestly kind of wondering, should I just end it all? Should I just end everything? Because what's the fucking point? I have no kids to live for. I got no family to live for. And like living for older people isn't, I don't know, whatever. Like everyone's so set in their own fucking ways that they don't want you in their life more than just a phone call here and there. Take that how you want. I know family's important. I love my family. I'm not dismissing family. It's just, there comes a point where you just can't talk about anything other than sports, the weather, bullshit. It's just fluff. And after a while, I was like, yeah, whatever, fluff, fluff, fluff. And I don't want to hear your advice that I should go get another job and I should go work for the man and I need to go be miserable. And I like, yeah, shut the fuck up. I'm tired of hearing that from everyone. And if that's your advice, eh, eh. And if you, if you get what I'm saying, I'm like, well, that's where my life's coming from. That's where my angle's coming from. It's an absolutely incredible hard path to take when you have to just ignore what everyone, the normal people are saying. And let the normal people be normal and go take the path that is about helping others in a way that still allows you to live and thrive. Making money is okay. There's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with making a lot of money. If what you're doing is generating and creating scientific research to help others, not just because it's going to give you a good quarterly bottom line, like that fucking prick shithole CEO who raised insulin and he smirked when he went to court and I think nothing ever happened more than like a slap in the wrist. And he's just one of the, like think of it, he's the youngest because he's a snooty piece of shit. He knows all the other old fuckers are just like him, but he was too cocky and they threw him under the bus. Obviously, he didn't come up with that all by himself. He didn't have that attitude just because he was an evil child growing up. He knew what industry he was getting into and then followed what it takes to be successful there. Let's be clear, 
this is not just some one-off person. It's a fucking culture. And people who want to deny how culture in certain industries is creating some of the hardships in the world, well, I wish I could shove my head in the sand as much as you or shove it in a big pile of money because most people who don't like talking about it have made a lot of money from it. So they're like, well, what? What, you don't think I don't deserve my money? I'm like, I don't know, do you? I guess you'll have your life experience and you'll have your moment to face reality and the universe and they can tell you and you can tell yourself truly if you deserve it. And if you do deserve it, great. And if you're helping others, great. You won't be offended by what I'm saying. And if you're offended by what I'm saying, I know it hurts, it sucks. And you're not defined by your actions, no one is. But the choice today with this blank slate of a moment that you have is to either continue making the shitty choices or choose to make a better choice. It's the choices we have. It's what it's all about. So that's what Mind Surfer is, right? So season two is kicking off like this. I hope it's a fun one. I hope you guys went for a walk. I hope I motivated you to get off your fucking ass, get out in the cold for a walk for an hour. Remember that you're tough. Remember you're a warrior. Remember that there was a time, especially if we know each other, if you know me, you know there was a time when we went through some shit together and we made it. We just did. Because I know most people I've hung out with, we've had an adventure. It's just the way it is. Just never stop the adventure. If the adventure is dress up and go for a fucking hike in minus 40 weather, then don't be a fucking pansy. Just go fucking do it. What are you going to do? Watch eight hours of Netflix? yippee ki motherfucker. Do this shit. Listen to my fucking shit or listen to someone else's, but just get in the habit three times a week, an hour walking, listening to a podcast. If my way to help you is to get you to not listen to me, but to listen to someone else, then fuck, I did my job. That's it. That's my job. I hope you have an awesome day, awesome week. I don't know what day this is going to be released. I hope it's soon, but this is season two, episode one. I've got a bunch more episodes that I've edited. They're going to be coming out. I don't know how, how many I'm going to release a week. I'm going to try to do minimum one. I would love to do three a week. I've just lined up like five amazing souls that I want to interview. And I think they all said yes. One of them is a doctor of psychology of life transformation. I didn't even know this shit existed. I might even be saying it wrong, but it doesn't matter. We chatted and I was like, oh, you exist? Like people like you, what? Really? People study this shit? Like I came into this by accident. And so like... How come we don't have more people like you helping the world? Now, it turns out she is. I just didn't know about it. So we're going to learn a lot about her. That one I'm excited about. I don't know when that one's going to be recorded in the next week or two. I've got a health and wellness instructor who's been through some interesting times, a fellow bro dude who's gone from the professional sports life to transitioning into the normal world of being a human, right? As I, I, that's how I'm gonna go with it. I don't know, He'll he's gonna help us. And then how he found a life path that still helps others while still following his love for sports. So like, dude, that's the inspiration. Like he's the type of people that I wanna work with and inspire to be like, hey, these people exist. You can be this person. And I wanna find more people like this and be like, yeah, this person, has completely found mindfulness, is aware, helpful, they care with others. It's not just about, I'm making a business to make a fuck ton of money. Those people you can find anywhere, and I don't wanna interview those people. You're not gonna hear me talking about that shit because you can find every other podcast. You wanna make money, and you wanna fucking make a business and strive, there's a bunch of other podcasts. 
So that's just a couple of the people that we got lined up. There's more coming. I'm excited. I hope you had a good walk. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being part of the growth, the success that's coming. I see it. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I hope you appreciate what you're going through. And just remember those around you, just because you're having a hard time, you may forget that maybe you're being harder on them than you may recognize. Pull yourself out of the body. If that person you're talking to was you as a child and you were watching from a third perspective, how would you like that person talking to you? And that's happened to me. I've talked about that is being aware. Be aware. How do we talk to others? Maybe we're the fucking asshole and we didn't even know it. Maybe we're so delusional of being right all the time that we don't know we're the asshole. And we just need to recognize it. Maybe there's a reason people don't want to be around us. Maybe there's a reason everything that happens around us seems to be negative. Maybe there's a reason. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Well, the reason, it's always a reason. And it's always to learn something. But what's to learn? That's the question. What do we need to learn? I don't know. And that's what I help with coaching. So I help with the lessons. I send people to counselors who haven't gotten over their past, their parents, their siblings, their friends, a death of someone, the loss of something, fear of death. Dude, those are psychological issues. You need to talk to someone about dealing with that shit. Once you've dealt with that shit, then I'm gonna take you to the next step and we're gonna fucking hammer out what your next level is, your purpose, and your stuff like that. Mind surf, visualization, kick ass, be amazing, be the change you wanna see in the world. Namaste, namaste on this board. Namaste on this wave. I don't know, I gotta come out with some catchy exit saying. I think I'll stick with the regular. Surf's up. Ciao.